You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.05 a.m. And it has come time for our next quiz question, please, Lawson. Yeah, here we go. Who brought up the boy with the fish and bread during the deeding of the 5,000? Well, the, yeah, in this, in this time period where it's like, oh, you know, we need to feed these people who who brought this person so that they could uh yeah distribute these fish and these loaves to 5000 people if you know the answer 0491064669 is the number to text and if you text the number with the correct answer you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week we've got Jesus at the helm as well as Jesus well may i hold him two awesome 1000 piece puzzles depicting scenes from Jesus' life, but also like both of these ones, they're like, particularly Jesus at the helm. It's like Jesus, he's like holding a boat steering wheel, like in a bunch of crashing waves, but then he's got like a bunch of people standing around him in like contemporary, you know, modern, Mm. more modern clothing. May I hold him is like a similar thing. It's like Mary holding Jesus. And then there's like people in like modern contemporary clothing wanting to hold him too and i think both of those like puzzles and illustrations there just tell us so much that we we read the bible and we see the story of jesus and what he did and it speaks to us that in the same way that jesus interacted with people in this way that helped people in this way he's also wanting to interact and help us today in the same way which is awesome but hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the answer again who brought up the boy with the fish and the bread during the feeding of the 5,000-0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And we've got the answers coming through um, regularly here to this morning. So just keep keep um, having your try so that you can go into that draw. That happens at quarter to nine on Friday morning. How good was the interview with Sheridan um, this morning? Oh, just such a what gun. A- like, it's just amazing. And I think... Hearing his story, sorry to talk over you, Danita, uh, but yeah, just hearing his story of what he's been through. And I think, like, I, I really see his journey of he he comes from a background, you know, son of a pastor. And you could say, like, oh, man, like, like in terms of, of winning the lottery of, like, a potentially good life, you know, ahead and a, and a good life knowing God. It's like, oh, he, all the parts were there. And yet, and to Sheridan's own admission, it's like everything fell apart, everything failed, every, for, for him and for his family. And yet, despite that, like coming back to God, God has given him everything. And, you know, I know him and, and I, I've met his wife and seeing him with his kids on the weekend as well. Yes. And I've, I've got him on Facebook too. So I always, you know, see stuff come up with him. And it's like, dude, he's, he's living an epic life following the Lord, um, being a good father and a good husband and, and a colleague and whatnot in his work. And it's, and he, he, it's just amazing to hear him attribute all of that growth, all of that development. Mm everything good for him he he just says yeah it's from the lord it's from the lord and you know when he shared that you know he he didn't find meaning in life didn't find purpose in life before that and now since having jesus in his life that he's he's found purpose and mm. meaning um and wholeness you know mm. and but but i love too that through his story what came come through as well is the fact that you can also go to church or be in a Christian home, in, in a home where mm. his, his opening words where he said, I'd always known God, but I had not followed God. Yeah. 
And that's the thing. We can know God or know of God, but it's an information sort of thing. It's more the head stuff. It's mm. the heart change that came, you know, as he tugged, he said he was tugged, you know, that, that he had that incredible dream that he was just in the water and there was this current, but he was bobbing around. There was no land around him. He was just, it wasn't even moving. Yeah. What an incredible dream to have. Yeah. And this, this kind of scene of not moving. And then the realization that that is, you know, what sin is doing to him of his way of life and that that needs to change. And he said he just sobbed into the pillow, you know, that's yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit working and tugging on his heart. And he's just going like, I need to, you know, I need to surrender. I can't do this of myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, it's, uh, you know, the reality is, and I love that illustration. And I, I think of just, you know, the like sailing and swimming and, you know, these kinds of situations where people end up in the water and, and end up perishing. It's no matter how strong of a swimmer you are without that support, you, you know, you can't float forever. Uh, you can't, you can't tread water forever. Like it's, there, there's very limited things that we can do independently in this world. And, and there, there are times where we can, you can say, be independent from God in the sense of the decisions we make and whatnot. And it will last for a period of time, but only so long. And Mm. after so long, we, we just end up drowning. and, And it's at that point where, we we need to turn to God, and and it's amazing to hear that in Sheridan's life and in so many other people's lives, and it can reflect in my own life as well. That you know, a, and at the time in which we say, "Okay, God, I'm drowning. I need you. I'm going to turn to you." He supplies everything we could possibly need to a- get through. Absolutely, and he, and Sheridan used those words. He said, "I thirsted." Mm. I thirsted, you know, for, for something more for, for God. And I think of, you know, the passage in John four of the Samaritan woman. We touched on this a bit the other day because it's within our, within our Bible studies that we're doing at the moment. But, you know, the, the woman of Samaria comes to draw water and Jesus is there and he says to her, give me a drink, you know. And of course, Jews and Samaritans didn't, didn't, uh, mix, but his, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was just like completely, uh, uh out of the typical culture that was, mm. was there. You know, here's a Jew asking a Samaritan, but here's a male asking a female as well. And what does Jesus say to her? He says, you know, if you knew the gift of God and who is there says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then he says here, but the water I shall give you will become in him a a fountain of water springing up in everlasting life. And Mm. that's exactly what Sheridan was describing was what's happened for him, hasn't Mm. it? He has experienced the Savior and he's, he's living that life knowing and believing that he has everlasting life you know and he's got this brand new beautiful life because he thirsted for the savior he thirsted for the lord and he's seen this verse fulfilled in his life fountain of water springing up in everlasting life and that is springing up into him sharing with other people in his life you know about Jesus and about the bible and god's word and he's mm. seeing people give their hearts to Jesus and you know being um you know having that hope of eternal life because they 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 believe in the salvation through Jesus Christ isn't that yeah. a beautiful thing i i think it's Beautiful. I think it's amazing. And oh. I love the, the illustration that's given there by Jesus of, of thirsting and mm. especially because, so when we, uh, this is like a physiological reality is that when we consistently dehydrate ourselves, so we don't drink enough water, 
um, the signals in our brain that tell us to drink water slowly by slowly, like they stop working as poignantly and, and they, you know, we become conditioned to survive on less water. Yet we're consistently hampered in our energy and we might be consistently getting like headaches and, mm. and having health issues, even though our body isn't necessarily saying like drink water. But everything's falling apart. But then the more you drink water, the more if you put it and make it a habit to consistently drink, the more your body will tell you then to drink more. Absolutely. It, it's, it, it be, and, and it's because like all of a sudden your body is conditioned to feeling better and your body is so subconsciously knows, oh, the reason I'm feeling better is because I'm hydrated. Mm. And so then your body is speaking to yourself and saying like, oh, drink more, drink more, drink mm. more. Like you'll feel better if you drink more. And it's again, that illustration with God too. It's oh. the more that we drink, the more that we take in, the more we realize we need. Yeah. And the more we thirst for him. Yeah. And, and, and the more we will partake and then the better things will become and that's the, oh, the, the, the such the, life the, the changes most important, when you give your heart to jesus exactly the most important outcome is that is the fact and sheridan can attest and so many can attest is that by following jesus we didn't throw our lives away you mm. know as, as paul writes in his epistles it's like we haven't followed uh, cunningly defo- uh cunningly, cunningly devised. devised fables you know mm-hmm. we followed something better and and the proof is in the pudding, not only in the archaeology or in the prophecy or in which we can all reflect on and, and see and love and say, wow, like it's amazing that God can tell the future and whatnot. But furthermore, in the personal changes in our lives, mm. when, when we experience Christ and we can know and we can see like, man, I'm in shambles, I'm falling apart. And now I have at least some way to be able to deal with that and to overcome the the deep distress that I'm going through, like it, it is really an evidence and a testament to what Christ can offer us in the way that mm. He's worked. So amazing stuff there! Oh, oh so much to talk about. So much uh, regarding the goodness of God and the innumerable blessings that He gives us to be able to get through difficulty and pain. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Connect with us on zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Just great stuff there. I was just sharing with what Sheridan has actually shared today and about thirsting for Jesus. And as we continue our Bible study time today, we're looking at Christ's method alone. And of course, you know, the stories that we have been covering are of people thirsting for Jesus as well, but, um, and, and healing that comes through having Jesus in their lives too. And today we're actually going to look at a story in John chapter five. It seems that like a lot today is happening around John. I mean, we just mentioned John four. Now we're going to John five and, you know, our quiz questions are all revolving around John six, so yeah, right. <laughs> it's just um, it's it's a John day today, a John early chapter day today, I think, and just fantastic stuff right there. My favourite book of the Bible is John, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, well, I love going in there. So we're going to John five verse one to nine. Yeah, so. and we're even going to be talking about one of my favourite favorite all-time quotes in fact a quote that like changed my life like wow. i the, and it's we're going to be talking about christ method alone very soon mm, here. absolutely this, this quote i was actually talking about this down in canberra on on the friday night there i got to they, they had a, a regional for the youth and there was youth from all the five six different churches in that area who came to national church and i was able to share my story with them and talk about jesus with them and I shared this quote with them and I'm like, I it's read such this a great quote. quote isn't I, it? I became familiar with this quote, I think, for a long time. But when I really internalized it, I think it was like around 2020, 2021, it like changed my life. But mm-hmm. hey, before we get there, John chapter five, starting in verse one, it says, 
After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in the stirring water was made well from whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, uh, another steps down before me. Then Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk. Mm. And immediately the man was made well. Love took it. up his bed and walked, and that was on the Sabbath day. Mm. And so a powerful story right then. Of course, if we were to continue further on, it also says, you know, that he actually then went out and people were saying, you know, how are you healed? And he says, you know, so that that he who made me well said to me, take up my, you know, your bed and walk. Mm. But here we find this place in Bethesda. I've been, I know I keep saying I've been there, I've been there, but it's a fascinating Mate, place. Been there, done that. It's wow. a fascinating place. And when you actually look down, so it would have been probably the equivalent of where the city is today you know it's just that little bit higher but either way you can actually see the steps going down to the pool mm. now when you think of the fact that this man was paralyzed you even wonder how he even got down there mm. but here's the thing is that is it was excavated <clears throat> you know several years back now but the thing is they actually found as the bible says here the five columns the five oh, porches. Wow. Okay, so you've actually got the walls, you've actually got the columns as well. And so that's how they're actually able to identify the Pool of Bethesda. So keep, so my hubby and I have actually got photos there at the Pool of Bethesda. Amazing. Just, just really incredible. And again, like other places in Israel, when you go there, to actually be there and imagine these stories like this particular story, of course, mm. imagining what, you know, the paralyzed man was going through. And here's the thing is, is that there's the feast of the Jews that it's not mentioned what feast it is <clears throat> we know there's <clears throat> excuse me seven feasts of the Jews mm-hmm. and it's believed to possibly scholars seem to think that it's the feast of the trumpets yeah okay it would have been one of these feasts at one point of course Jesus traveling to Jerusalem to celebrate it I don't think in during every priest uh, sorry during every feast Jesus would have traveled to Jerusalem but he's headed up to this one at this point and now making his way back to the pool of Bethesda and uh, I I love this story so much because this person is just like in a hopeless, desperate situation. Well, 38 years, paralyzed. 38 years. Yeah. I mean, I haven't lived that long. I, I, uh, and, and, and again, my, my thought is, is this 38 years paralyzed? Is he being paralyzed from birth or is this a paralysis that came upon him? Either which way, you know, I would think, okay, if it's from birth, like I, I have some friends who have like, um, you know, uh, what's, oh, what's the one? It's, 
Uh, it's a, it's the an issue with the spine and growth and whatnot and the muscles and they don't, they don't work. Spina bifida. Spina bifida. Yeah, yeah. I have friends like spina bifida, and and certain issues like this cere- cerebral palsy as well. Mm-hmm. And they they live like pretty good lives, but they're they're also like often people in those situations are looked after by their families and whatnot. And like some of them are actually quite independent, which yeah. is amazing. You know, and as the, in that they want to be so independent, they strive for for doing exactly that. That's right. And despite their condition like they they live happily and they work through their lives whereas this person here like his paralysis is in a state where 38 years he's been trying to get into this pool in the right time and it's it's like the question is like man how often is this pool stirred up like it, it and i think it would be pretty regularly yet he can't get there and then the next question is oh why isn't anyone helping him and you could say it's maybe from the perspective that they the people around him believe that oh he didn't deserve help or they're even person. focused on their own healing because yeah. it's whoever got into the water first when the waters were stirred was actually healed as yeah. well there's a whole lot of questions that come up hey that we don't know that we can kind of imagine what mm. might have been Asked or thought. But what we do know and what we do see so clearly is Jesus' response to this scenario and situation and that it is the... Jesus' response here is the perfect response in ministry to, I think, every situation. And it relates to and it very much reflects and reveals um, some of the the tenets of ministry that are brought out in this amazing quote called Christ's Method Alone, which is... So incredible. Can I read it? Can, Absol- I, read, can I read this quote? Absolutely, because I've, I've loved it for years too, and it's just been in, in, the, in my heart and soul for years too. Absolutely. So actually in the lesson here, we've got the main part of the quote, but I want to read on too because I, I've got it in front of me. So powerful. It says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with people as one who desired their good. He showed sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he invited them, follow Mm. me. We need to come close to the people by personal effort. We would give if we would give less time to sermonizing and more time to personal ministry, greater results would be seen. The poor to be relieved, the sick cared for, the sorrowing and the widowed bereaved and the bereaved, sorry, comforted, the ignorant instructed and the inexperienced counseled. We are to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. Accompanied by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of the love of God, this work will not and cannot be without fruit. Mm, love it. Just hey. so powerful. That's the thing. It's, it's being alongside of people. It is about helping them. It's about being there, those who are through helpless situations, not judging mm. them, but being them alongside of them in mm. every way. Again, I think it's so clear, like, the outcome of all ministry is that we would want to see people become followers of Jesus yeah, and to understand the love of God, to love God in response to his love. Like that, that is like our ultimate outcome. And it's like, well, how could we convince people that God is loving enough that they would respond to God with love? 
And what this is saying here is that for Jesus, those initial steps, that convincing factor, that extra source that would get people over the line was his own kindness and compassion towards them. Mm. The fact that he cared for their needs, that he had sympathy for them, and through that, he won their confidence. And Mm. I always, whenever I talk about this quote, I always give like an illustration. And it's like, you know, imagine a door-to-door salesman comes to your door and knocks on your door and they have a product. And they're like, hey, yep, I want to give you, I want to sell this product to you. And, you know, maybe you don't even care about the product or it's not something you're interested in, you're not inclined to buy. It's like, oh, why would I trust you enough to buy your product? Maybe they make some assertions about it. They're like, oh, this this uh, this hedge trimmer that I'm selling is the best hedge trimmer ever made. And maybe you're like, oh, yeah, f- okay, fair enough. You know, Bunnings is probably saying the same thing. But then furthermore, if that person said, and let me show you. And then they went through and trimmed all your hedges with it. And they mm. said, you can do this. Like, you would just be so inclined. Like, this person has used this product to then benefit you in some way. I'd be like... Yeah, okay, I'll buy that. Like you've just trimmed my edges for free. Like you're you're an amazing person who's selling an awesome product. Mm. I would be so inclined to buy it. And we see that with God in the same way. When we say God is love, he's caring, he wants to fix your life. And hey, let me as a Christian, as a follower of God, do just something to to step into your life and to and to help you out. Like people are just so much more inclined to to follow as a result. But hey, we have more to talk about on this topic. We're going to you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It's come time for our last quiz question for today. Take it away, please, Lawson. Hey, final quiz question for today. How much food did the boy have on him? Well, I already spoiled the answer to this one earlier in the show. I probably should have read ahead in the quiz. So, look, you might already know the answer. If you do, 0491-064-669 again, how much food did the boy have on him? And, look, we're just giving you layups here. We're just giving you, we're just, we're just helping you out because we want you to be able to win these amazing prizes for this week. We have Jesus at the helm, the 1,000-piece puzzle, as well as May I Hold Him, another 1,000-piece puzzle puzzle, which again, coming up to Christmas time, coming up to time spent with family, time spent at home as well, like holidays and whatnot. Even for Faith FM, there's going to be a, a brief period of time over December where we go off off the air. I mean, there are still Faith FM running. There's still uh, there's still breakfast shows to be heard, but just not necessarily live. And yeah, during that time, we get to rest and celebrate and whatnot. And mate, to do that with a 1,000-piece puzzle with your family around? Dude, what, what, what more could you ask for 0491 how much food did the boy have on him and if you happen to come on air and didn't hear the previous question this one the boy oh, actually relates course. to the feeding of the five thousand yeah. so um that question how much food did the boy from the story of the feeding of the five thousand have on him mm. text us in on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine we've been unpacking christ's method and alone looking at the story in john chapter five verse one to nine of the man the paralytic that was healed at the pool of bethesda and mm. uh we we read out or Lawson read out a really great quote there just about Christ's method alone of course that will give success in reaching people that Christ mingled with men as one who desired their good showed their sympathy ministered to their needs and won their confidence and then he bid them follow me and of course then you read on further at the fact that you know it is about helping and being purposeful in and mm. being alongside of people there I love this story here of the paralytic 
at the pool of Bethesda. Because here's the thing, Bethesda in itself means, um, it means house of mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's um, what scholars, you know, believe it, it actually means. And here, right here in this story, we actually see Jesus showing mercy to this man who has wanted to be healed for, you know, for so many years. We don't know how long he's been by that pool. What we do know is that he was 30, um, paralytic for 38 years. Couldn't get into the waters that, you know, when they moved would actually heal people. Of course, an angel of the Lord, it says in, in verse four of chapter five, that, um, an angel went down at a certain time to the pool and stirred the water and, and, you know, and healing happened. Those who stepped in first after the stirring were made well at whatever disease they actually had. Now, one of the things I love about the book of, uh, John, of course, is that this whole, this continual theme of replacement and mm. recreation. Okay, we see that at, at the, the, in John 2, the miracle at Cana, where Jesus turns water into wine at the, at the, at the wedding. Um, and then we also see, uh, here also again in chapter five, we also see that chapter six, but this whole replacement thing that, you know, here are these Jewish rituals. So in this case, we see there's the feast of the tab, uh, of, of the trumpets and the feast of the trump, or it's believed to be the tr- feast of the trumpets, but the feast of the trumpets of course, was um, a time when the Jews went into Jerusalem and it actually marked the beginning of 10 days of consecration and repentance before God. Mm. And so here's the incredible thing is that what... The traditional ways did not offer the, so the, the traditional ways of even going into the water and being healed, but also through, you know, this, this feast of repentance and consecration to God. What wasn't done, Jesus replaced it by himself. Mm. Isn't that powerful? I yeah. love that because then it just shows that Jesus is the answer in every way. And he replaces this feast of the trumpets right there by saying to the man, get up take your mat and walk yeah and again giving people an experience of repentance that has a a tangible backing to it it's and and that that's the point that the book of hebrews makes so clearly is it's like oh it's not by the blood of bulls or the blood of Mm. lambs which you know leading up that 10 days of repentance whether it's at at the feast of trumpets or again if you look to the other feasts of the bible and whatnot where it's they're sacrificing lambs and sacrificing bulls and it's like oh god you know like you forgive us uh but it ultimately pointed to the very real life that jesus lived in the very real death that he died mm. and again feast of feast of trumpets and a lot of the feasts like they revolve around stories in which they're giving gratitude to god for what mm-hmm. he has done mm-hmm. uh, like i you know i think of passover it's like oh that they've that He's led them out of of Egypt and and given them freedom during the Exodus. So you think of uh, the feast of you know like the the you know when the new fr- new harvest comes in and the feed it's the tabernacles and whatnot. And it's like constantly giving f- thanks to God. It's like oh God has done this amazing thing and we're responding by having this celebration. And it's it's awesome to see. It's like that those celebrations for the things that He had done through at history are then found in Christ and him in Christ himself again very really and very tangibly mm-hmm. helping people in a, in a, in an incredibly personal sense mm-hmm. like like this 
paralytic will be grateful for the rest of his life. And we see the interactions that he has after this, grateful for the rest of his life and will stay steadfast in his faith and in his hope and his belief in Jesus and his relationship with Jesus because of what Jesus has done for him personally. Oh, big and, time. And that offer is still given to us today mm-hmm. to be to be personally personally reached by Jesus, to be touched by Jesus, to be helped by Jesus. And also not only to be helped by Jesus, to, but to be actuators in that journey for other people as well. And that's what kind of Christ method alone gets to is like in the same way that Jesus really, very, really and permanently changed lives mm. through the love and the care and compassion that he had for people. He is asking you to be a part of his work to do that for others today. Mm. To, to, that you have the capacity to be such a blessing to people that it changes their lives and then it leads them to have a s- saving relationship with Jesus. Mm. And, 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 and again, there are in the ministry space and particularly for us working in ministry, there's all kinds of questions regarding like, Oh, what's the best method? You know, like what can we do? You know, Oh, do we go out and do we distribute flyers, letterboxing, or do we utilize social media or do we run a, a, a vegan cooking class or do we, you know, do, do we help the homeless or do we do this or do we do that? You know, what is going to see our community help, but f- furthermore people turning to Christ and, the answer that the Bible gives and the answer from this quote, Christ meth alone is really at the end of the day to serve the needs of people and then to bathe them to follow Jesus. And that's very important is like not to just stop at serving the needs. Mm. We're not a, we're not a secular charity. We're a Christian church. And then we say, okay, we're going to give to your needs. But then furthermore, we, we would love you to experience the love of God, what he's Mm. done for you, what he's given for you. That, that That is like the goal, and when we can see that take place in people's lives. We know that it, whatever way that we can help people, whether it's, you know, helping them in a, in a charitable way or, you know, feeding the homeless or whatever, we know that there will be infinitely more help by God through them giving their lives and their hearts to him. Which is why, you know, our, our part is when we walk along people and we sympathize with them, when we help them um, and we, we lead them to Christ, it is through our actions more so than our words that they actually mm. see Jesus. Yeah, and as we lead them to Jesus, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that does the transforming on their hearts and lives. And that's why today we want to encourage you, you know, if you're Christian, lead somebody to, to get to know Jesus. And if you're one that hasn't started your journey, give Give Jesus a, grow, a go because he is all mm. about recreation, replacement, and you will never regret that having him in your life, right? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm the tech. And I want to welcome you to our drive time show. 3.30 to 5.30 every Tuesday. Interesting interviews. Great guests. Inspiring Bible studies and hot, hot music. And I pray a place where you'll get just a little window into heaven where you will see Jesus, our mega superstar. 3.30 to 5.30 every Tuesday right here on Faith FM. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. You're listening to the Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It's come time for us to give away our answers to our quiz questions today. 
Okay, so firstly, what is another name for the Sea of Tiberias? Simply the Sea of Galilee, which is you know, right there. It's actually, it's kind of like a lake. It's like, it's like a sea lake. But yeah, you've got the Sea of Tiberias, you know, then running into the Dead Sea. And yeah, the Sea of Galilee there, where Jesus spent most of his time. And it's in that, in those areas we talked about yesterday, like uh, Capernaum and, and whatnot, where Jesus was hanging out. So yeah, that term is used interchangeably within the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Sea of Tiberias or Sea of Galilee. I actually, I don't know the history of why they would have called it Tiberius. It probably but, had something to do with Caesar. Well, like, and also Tiberius is right on there. So I think I told you this morning, you know, before we went yeah. to air, is that when we actually travelled to Israel, the very first place that we stayed at was a motel in Tiberius. Okay. So, and in the morning, the beautiful thing was, so we arrived there early um, just as the sun was rising because of the difference in time in Australia too. But just the beautiful thing is for the time that we were there, we could actually see the sunrise over the Sea of Galilee. It was mm. really quite incredible. And to see that, you know, the, the old boats that are there as well, um, just an incredible, beautiful place as well. Yeah, in, in every kind of way. I'm just like looking up etymology right now because, okay, so Tiberius is a Latin word. So that would have been ascribed to in the Sea of Tiberias that would have came in through the Romans, whereas Galilee Mm. is a Hebrew word. So it's like you've got your Hebrew name for that area and for the town as well, and then you've got the Latin name too. According to John 6, who was the apostle um, when asked, who was, yeah, the apostle that was was there when asked, you know, where are we going to buy bread for these people? That was Philip. Mm. Next one here, according to the apostles, what amount of wages were not, enough to buy food for more than 5000 it was a year's wages they were, mm. they were like man a salary wouldn't mm. cover this which is actually like pretty comparable today i mean if you threw an event for 5000 people and had to feed them and you think oh, of like especially an, now after covid yeah, and with inflation yeah man like <laughs> think of an average salary that's like that that would be a good like uh, yeah. tens of thousands of dollars Absolutely. spent for 5,000 people, 100%. So, uh, yeah, the predicament that they... And then they're all peasants as well. Well, and you can see... Yeah, and you can see why that even though they knew God supply, You know, Jesus supplies things, you can see why they were just worried. Like, here's yeah. 5,000 people. It's not like just 50. Yeah. They were, they were pretty pressed at this point. Who brought up the boy with the fish and the bread during the feeding of the 5,000? It was Andrew who brought him mm-hmm. up to the situation. And how much food did the boy have on him, he had five loaves and two fishes. Now, this is like incredibly famous story here. The five loaves and the two fishes that were multiplied into, they took up 12 baskets in uh, the afterwards, end. Afterwards, yeah, in the end. But imagine also being that little boy. What an incredible miracle story that is. Mm. Um, and how, how, you know, Christ is also our bread of life and he can just so, supply so much in abundance. But I yeah. also think, you know, imagine being that little boy and that's all he had. And he's asked like, can we, can we have your food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about like what is the what is the ins and outs of these miracles? Like what did it look like for it to be multiplied? Do they just keep breaking it and the just more was there? That's and how I kind of think. I've it. yeah. I've heard a story before that was from an impoverished part of the world. I believe it was PNG and a and an orphanage that's there that runs there supporting kids. And there there've come times in these orphanages like this is a fully self-supporting orphanage that doesn't that didn't have any like Western influence. It was a Christian orphanage and they would regularly like run into situations in which they wouldn't have food and they wouldn't have food for these kids. And 
I remember hearing this story about it where they would they would cook they'd have two pots they'd have enough rice for one pot mm. and they would cook the rice in one pot mm. and then they'd come to the table and they'd have two pots there wow and, and they would open both lids and there would be rice in both pots wow prepared and and they would close one lid and they would open the lid of the other pot and they would serve it up and then they would close that lid and they open the lid of the, the, the they'd go back to the previous pot and that pot would be full again. Wow. And they go back and just like amazing miracles coming from that part of the world where people were incredibly mm. needy and, and in mm. need there. And, and I'd imagine it's a similar thing. They just keep breaking the bread and breaking the bed mm-hmm. and breaking the bread. Mm-hmm. And ultimately there's just more and more there to the point where they can take up 12 baskets and have supply for everyone. It's just an amazing story. This is The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. We've come to the end of our show yet again all too quickly once again. But we're going to... Um, have the free giveaway just shortly. Get ready to text the word in book on 0491064669 and you can win our free prize. What is our free prize for this morning, please, I've Lawson? got a book to give away this morning that's actually for the kids and it is called A Fishy Tale. Now, we were talking about the five loaves and the two fishes. This isn't that story. This is actually the story of Jonah and, you know, the amazing experience that he has as, you know, as he, as he, uh, ultimately ends up in Nineveh and proclaims the, the goodness of God. And well, well, he proclaims repentance to the people, um, mm. very begrudgingly. And they ultimately repent and begin to follow God to his actually chagrin. But hey, if you want this book and if you have kids or you know kids and you want them to learn about the story of Jonah in a child appropriate, awesome way hey 0491064669 you can text us at that number and if you text that number you don't need to answer any questions you just need to be the first person through to text the word book if you text that number with the word book and you're the first person through we'll give that to you absolutely for free Absolutely. And we want to leave you with a promise for today. Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I just think of what Sheridan was sharing earlier today mm. about purpose in his life and meaning. So Proverbs 19 21 is the promise for today. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.